Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. Oh, yes! Welcome back to another episode of Tube Talk presented by vidIQ. I am your host, Viper, the man about tech executive producer here at vidIQ. Now, I know there are probably some of you, if not a lot of you all out there listening to the sound of my voice right now, and you're thinking about starting a YouTube channel, but you have trepidation, you're apprehensive, you're scared, you're nervous, you're scared of the unknown. Whatever factors are weighing on your decision to sit on the bench and not join in this creator journey, you for whatever reason, are not ready in your own mind to start a YouTube channel. This week on the podcast, I invited one of my friends named Annette. She's a brand new content creator. She's been making content for about a few months now. And I bring her on this week to talk to her about all of that stuff, about her trepidation before she started her channel, how things have been since she started her channel, the experiences that she's had, the things she's learned, different things like that. So the thought behind this podcast today is just to get the perspective of a new creator. Because again, there's a lot of you all that might be new creators yourself or a lot of you all who are considering starting YouTube. And I wanted to get the perspective of a brand new creator. And that is where we're going this week. But I'm here to tell you something that you will hear among a lot of creators, old, new, whatever. Most of us, I was not most of us, but a lot of us will say, we wish we would have started sooner. Myself included. I started YouTube four years ago. And I wish I would have started 10 years ago. When you start this journey, it is something special and incredible. Now, I'm not saying it's all good times because they're definitely up and definitely down like anything else in life. But being a content creator is a special journey in one's life. And I am of the mindset that as long as I'm alive and breathing air, I'm going to encourage as many of you as I can possibly encourage to come along this ride with me and everybody else who has taken up the endeavor to be content creators on YouTube or whatever platform you choose to be on. Obviously, with us being vidIQ, we focus on YouTube. But at some point, if you want to grow as a human being, you have to be able to go outside of your comfort zone. Because as you all have heard me say time and time again on this podcast, nothing grows inside of your comfort zone. To get to places you've never been, you have to do things you've never done because the opposite is the, the very definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different outcome. I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. You have to be willing to take risk, take chances, go outside of your comfort zone. And I know it's scary. It's not easy. Before I ever became a content creator, I could not stand the sound of my voice when it was recorded. I hated how my voice sound recorded. But after I became a content creator, I was editing so many of my own videos that it just became second nature. And I just forgot about it because I've done it over and over again. I have uploaded over 500 videos to YouTube and I still have time every time I upload or every time I'm recording a video, I still have time where I will stumble over my words. You've heard me do it on the podcast. And for whatever reason, something I cannot get over, and I'm pretty sure a lot of you all out there who are content creators, you understand where I'm coming from. No matter how many times we do this, 
no matter how much practice we've had, we still stumble over our words. And it's just one of those infuriating things, but you have to get past it because it's just a fee bump. But it's nothing that should stop you from getting out here and making the content. At the end of the day, you have to be the change that you seek. No one can do it for you. No one is going to do it for you. And you shouldn't even want someone to do it for you. This journey is a journey all your own. Now, I'm not saying that once you start the journey, you can't make friends and have a support group and different things like that. Obviously, that stuff happens as you go along your creative journey, if you're willing to open yourself up and embrace that stuff. But in order to get on this road, in order to start the journey, it is up to you and nobody else but you. There are so many reasons why one starts a YouTube channel. Whether they want to use it as a repository to dump content, whether they want to grow a business, whether they want to grow an audience, whatever that is, you have to identify it and use that as motivation to take the first steps to start your creative journey. For me, I wanted to become one of the biggest names in tech YouTube. I wanted to become known as the man about tech. That was one of the big motivating factors for me to start my YouTube channel. People was always asking me about tech anyway. They've always asked me, Viper, what's the best smartphone I should get? Or Viper, uh, what's wrong on my phone? This, that, and the other. So I wanted to get on YouTube and become the man about tech, become a guy that people go to with their tech questions, with their tech inquiries. So I did that, and I became that. So I guess if you're listening to the sound of my voice right now, ask yourself this. Who do you want to be? What do you want to become? Because on YouTube, you can do it. Anybody that has a smartphone in their hand today can be on YouTube, can start a YouTube channel. You don't need all the flashy equipment. It's nice, but it's not necessary. The only thing necessary is a smartphone or tablet, iPad, Android, whatever you got. You what you have and start the journey. As my friend Nick Nimmin would say, start now. So that is my encouragement to everybody listening to the podcast right now. If you are on the fence, if you're apprehensive, if you don't remember anything else I've said throughout this entire time I've been speaking, just remember this. Nothing grows inside of your comfort zone. Nothing grows inside of your comfort zone. You have to be willing to get uncomfortable if you want to grow as a person. And with that, it's time to bring in Annette and talk to her about her content creation journey as a brand new creator. So let's roll to the podcast. This week, we have up and coming creator Annette Portalatine with us on the podcast. Hey, Annette, how you doing? Hey, Viper. Thank you for having me on. I'm super excited to be here. I am super excited to have you, Annette. So thank you for being here. So I know you just recently started your creative journey, and that's why I wanted to bring you on here to talk to you about that. But my first question, Annette, is how long have you been watching YouTube before you ever decided to make a video? Like, how long have you been a viewer of YouTube? I had been watching YouTube for a couple years before I started, and I knew that I wanted to implement YouTube in my business. I'm a real estate agent. And we do a lot of cold calling. We do a lot of door knocking. And that just wasn't something I wanted to do. So I wanted to pivot my business towards YouTube because I knew all the real estate agents were implementing YouTube in their business and their business was just uh, growing exponentially. And a lot of their business was coming from YouTube. And so I knew that I wanted to do that. I just kind of did not know where to get started. 
So then I began listening to Clubhouse, joined Clubhouse in the end of 2020. And so I came across these YouTube rooms where a lot of the well-known YouTubers, big YouTubers were on there, um, you know, talking about how to use YouTube and, you know, all the secrets and all the, you know, the ways to utilize YouTube. And so I decided, you know, to listen to those rooms. And that's when I made the decision after about four months to go ahead and implement YouTube in my business. Ooh, all right. That is kind of amazing. So I guess my next question was going to be, what is your goal for being on YouTube? But you pretty much just explained it. You want to kind of use YouTube to create a funnel for your real estate business. Correct. I want to use YouTube to generate leads for my business. I want to treat YouTube as a business. Okay. Now, before you started your YouTube journey, were you watching like any other real estate creators on YouTube or are you just coming to them with like completely fresh eyes? I know you said other creators were using YouTube, but like, did you watch them before you started or? No. Okay. No, I didn't. I didn't watch them. I was watching vlogs and I was watching other other creators that weren't in the real estate space. Okay, I can understand that because sometimes, you know, before we become creators, we are set our own life and dick life, especially when it comes to YouTube. But then when we become creators on YouTube and we have a better understanding of how things go, then we get more tuned in to creators that are in our niche. I know I have. So I'm going to guess that since you have become a creator, you have been tuned into more real estate YouTubers, right? Absolutely. I've been studying the real estate channels, how they, you know, do their thumbnails, how they do the videos and things like that. So yes, absolutely. I've been, you know, in my niche, I'm definitely studying the other creators in, in my niche. So. So how long have you been making YouTube videos? I've been on YouTube a little over six months, but I've only, I only have about like seven or eight videos on my channel. Okay. So six months, uh, seven, eight videos. All right. So what, has the creator journey been like for you? Like, has it met your expectation? Like, what has your experience been since you've become a creator on the platform? Okay, so, well, in the beginning, I'll be honest with you, I was so in my head about putting up my first video. I was wanting to, like I said, listen to Clubhouse, listen to all the rooms and, you know, try to get as much information. Like, I was just trying to be perfect about everything. And so one day I just said, you know what, let me just go ahead and do it. And I went ahead and, and um, uploaded my first video, which was terrifying for me, but I did it. I guess I was just procrastinating and I just decided one day, you know what, done is better than perfect. And I just uploaded that video and, and then that's it. The rest is history. So. Ooh, I love it. So I want to go back to something that you said. You uh, just talked about how you were so in your head and that, that is what was stopping you from creating your first video. Was there anything else that was holding you back from making your first video besides you wanting to be perfect and you being in your head? Well, yes. Well, being on camera, you know, it's, it's not the easiest thing to do to just sit down and talk to a camera when you're not like talking to someone. Just like looking at myself on camera and feeling a little insecure about maybe how I looked, how I was talking. Uh, having to do the takes over and over again because I would make mistakes. Those are things that kind of held me back as well. Okay. So how did you get over all of that? Because obviously, as we've been discussing, you've been making videos. You've made about eight videos now. So you have definitely begun your creator journey. How did you get over those initial trepidations of starting your channel and just get into it? I just said, you know, I just, I just, that's just something that I had to do and just get over my fears, my fear of being judged. Actually, that's one of the fears I had. I had a fear of being judged, you know, like the video would suck, it wouldn't be good. And so I just 
you know, decided one day to just go ahead and do it, just get over my fears. Because if I don't get started now, then I'll never get started. I'll never see how how I can grow. And and so like other creators that started right when I should have started, maybe six months before, they're way ahead of me now, you know? So that's something that I just needed to do to get ahead and make sure that I became better at it, you know, because practice makes perfect, right? And with each video, I've noticed that I've become better and better at it. So but you just have to get started. If you don't get started, you'll never know what you can do. I am so glad you said that because here at VidIQ, we always talk about how creators, should, you got to just start. Obviously, many people will have trepidations about making YouTube content, whether it be being on camera, being judged, or wanting to be perfect. We all have trepidations. I had trepidations. I didn't like the sound of my own voice when I first started. But after making so many videos and having to edit my voice over and over again, or edit my audio, I shouldn't say not my voice, but my audio, I just got used to it. It became second nature. So I'm glad that you highlighted that. You just got started. And you kinda, you're kind of learning on the go because YouTube, as we know, is constant on-the-job training. There is no manual or handbook for being a content creator on YouTube. You start doing it and you learn as you go. This leads me into my next question for you, Annette. Along your creative journey, as you mentioned earlier, you've been on a bunch of clubhouse rooms. You've been in my Twitter faces and different things like that. So you've had the chance to talk to creators with all types of experience. You've had a chance to talk to major creators, smaller creators newer creators like yourself. So how has that been for you? How has the creative community taken to you since you started your creative journey? Yeah, like for example, yourself, you played a big part in my journey. When I first started on Clubhouse, uh, There's a, there were a lot of, you know, big creators in the rooms, you know, like yourself and other big creators. And you were always so welcoming, asking me to come up on stage, which I'm an introvert. So that was pretty hard for me. And so, but eventually, like you always tell me, no one grows inside their comfort zone, right? So I had to get out of that comfort zone and go up on these stages and network, you know, and speak with these other creators, which is like such a big opportunity because people pay thousands and thousands of dollars for, the, for this type of thing, right? And I had access to all these big creators, big and smaller creators to get all the information that I needed right there so I can start my channel. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was great. And the community is so welcoming. Like the YouTube community is so welcoming. And I'm so pre- appreciative that, you know, I was able to, you know, take advantage of that. And that helped me, I think, to get on my journey. Absolutely. I love that you said that because, again, as I alluded to a minute ago, we have all types of trepidations about starting the creator journey. But you started it and you've had a lot of creators help you out along your journey. I, I don't want to take too much credit, but I mean, I tried to get you to start and you started. But you've had other creators like Christina Smallhorn, who's in your niche. So I think she's helped you out with thumbnails. I'm pretty sure you've been able to talk to creators one to one, bounce ideas off of them. And this is what happens when when you start your creative journey. Like if creators feel like you are genuine and they feel like you're putting in the work to be the best content creator that you can be, we are more than willing to help you out. We are more than willing to help out anybody, whether they be new, old, whatever. And again, that's part of the reason why I have you on the podcast today, because I know you've had that experience. And I wanted you to highlight that for people out there who are thinking about starting their YouTube journey, that there is a whole creator community out there that is willing and ready to embrace you if you are willing to take the leap and begin this journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I would just say that if you're thinking about, you know, starting a YouTube channel and you have, you know, reservations about your appearance, like, you know, or whatever it is that's holding you back. If you're in your head, just just go ahead and do it because, you know, the YouTube community is so welcoming and, and they are very helpful. Like Christina Smallhorn, you, you mentioned she's been a huge help helping me in my journey and yourself. So so just go ahead and just do it. I would say just go ahead and do it and, and don't be afraid, you know. 
Absolutely. No doubt about it, Annette. So since you've started making videos on YouTube, I'm curious, what have you learned from your time being a creator on the platform? Okay. So what I have learned is in the beginning, when I was in these clubhouse rooms, when I first started learning about YouTube, I thought it was easy. You know, like you just turn on the camera, you just go on there. Like these YouTubers make all this money. And <laughs> as I started watching and listening, it's hard. You know, YouTube's not easy, right? It takes work right? You got to put in the work if you want to see the channel grow and you want to see success and you want to make money. It does take a lot of work. So I have learned, I've definitely learned that, that it's not as easy as it seems, you know, everything that goes into making a video, you know, it's hard work. Yeah. That's definitely one of the things that I've learned. <laughs> so you actually thought that these YouTubers were out here balling and then you started making videos. You're like, Oh wait, they're not balling. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, 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 no. We tell people all the time, if you are on YouTube totally to make money, I got some bad news for you. Good luck with that because it's going to take a long time. I'm not saying you can't make good money on YouTube because obviously you can make good money on YouTube. I'm just saying it is not going to happen overnight. It's going to take years of uh, being a YouTuber before you see substantial gains in the monetary department. Unless you're just a golden child, you know what you're doing. But most people don't know what they're doing when it comes to building revenue on YouTube. And it takes a while. So I'm glad you highlighted that. So thank you. It's a long game, right? It's, it's Don't expect to get on there and go viral quickly because that that's, doesn't happen for the average person. It takes time and patience. You know, as a real estate agent, I'm not going to expect to get leads, you know, right away. Uh, I have to put in the work and video after video, I'll keep getting better and better and better. And then eventually, yes, the channel will grow. The viewers will, will come and the leads will, will come. But, but definitely yeah, having patience is key. Definitely. This episode of Tube Talk is brought to you by vidIQ's competitors tool. Checking in on what your competition is doing can be a great way to keep up with trends in your area of expertise. If you have vidIQ installed, you can find this tool on the left-hand sidebar within the YouTube studio, and from there you can begin adding channels as your competitors. I like to select a range of channels, from the ones that I find to be the leading voices in my niche, all the way down to channels that get similar views to my own. The way that this helps me personally is that I can start to actually detect patterns in the types of videos that my competitors are releasing, which helps me discover some fresh ideas that are already proven to be working. The vidIQ extension works in both Chrome and Firefox browsers, and you can download it for free at vidIQ.com. I know you haven't made that many videos, but you made about eight or so. So as you've analyzed your initial data from the eight videos that you've done, what have you noticed is working for you on YouTube? I started off doing talking head. And so I find myself being more comfortable doing uh, vlog style videos. And I think my data is showing that the numbers are getting high, a little higher with the vlog style type videos, as opposed to the talking head. As I do each video, I'm getting a little bit more views and I'm feeling more comfortable, you know, more comfortable on the camera. And I think it's showing with the viewership. Now, I find it very interesting that you say that the vlogging style videos are working more for you. And I wonder if that's a product of your niche, because when you're talking about real estate, people want to see the property. They want to see the housing and different things like that. You can't really show them that too much if you're doing talking head content. Now, I'm not saying that talking head content doesn't have a place in real estate and YouTube. But when people click on a real estate video, they are affecting property tours. They're affecting the different areas of the house, different things like that. And that lends to a more vlogging style type of content. So I'm guessing that's probably the reason why you're seeing more success in the vlogging area, because your niche real estate tends to lend itself to being more responsive with vlogging type content. 
Yes, I think buyers want to see, you know, where they're going to be moving to as opposed to, mm-hmm. you know, just sitting down and maybe talking about it. They want to visually see that. And I think people now their attention spans are smaller, right? So I think having that visual there helps a lot with the connection and like watch time and, th- and things like that, you know, so... Yeah, they want to see the house. They want to see the neighborhood. They want to see the school. They want to see the grocery store, the gas station. They want to see it all. You just can't just sit there and talk to them. That that doesn't do anything. They need to see the entire picture of what they can be getting themselves into if they want to move to a certain area. So yeah, it, it all makes sense. Absolutely, yes. That's what that's what I'm trying to do now. Pivot towards towards that. Maybe right. showcasing the areas and things like that, and doing more block style. There you go. Yeah. Let's go opposite. What are some things that you notice on YouTube that are not working for you and your audience? My thumbnails. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at your thumbnails and they look pretty decent. So I don't know. Dad. I don't know. But uh, so I guess my next question is, how do you come to that conclusion? Like what, what makes you think that your thumbnails aren't working for you? Every creator thinks that they made a really fantastic video. I think my, my video is, is really good. I think the title is good. But my thumbnails, I need a lot of work on my thumbnails. And as a new creator, like thumbnails are just horrible for me to figure out, you know, but I thought I would see more views, but I'm not getting as many views as I thought I would. So I'm attributing it to the thumbnails. Maybe not. I mean, maybe it's something else, but. I mean, I guess I'm looking at your thumbnails and they look decent, but YouTube is all about packaging. It's all about how you title and thumbnails. So it's titles and thumbnails and you have to have both of those in concert to get that click. So Again, you've only made like eight videos, so you don't have nearly enough data to make any concrete determination. But you can see, you can start to see a little, uh, some patterns in your content, even through eight videos. So I'll be curious to see how that stuff develops for you as you go ahead and make more and more videos. So what equipment, Annette, are you using to make your videos at this stage in your creative career? Okay, so that's another thing, actually, that held me back in the beginning was the equipment. Like I was listening to the rooms uh, on Clubhouse talking about all the gear they use. And I wanted to do that. I wanted to have the best gear. I wanted to have the best lighting. I wanted to have the best equipment. And you don't need any of that. Honestly, like right now, my last video I filmed on my, with my phone, with my iPhone 13 Pro. I have a Canon M50. I have really good lighting um, that I purchased as well. I mean, I have all the bells and whistles, honestly, that I think I could possibly need to have a successful channel. But eventually I figured out I really don't need that. Like I can use my iPhone, which is, I think, been more convenient for me than the Canon M50 because I have to kind of learn it. I still I'm brand new to using the cameras, the DSLR. So I'm trying to still trying to figure that out. And I think it's much more convenient for me to just pick up the iPhone, put it on a tripod and just, you know, just go out there and do my thing. So. So, yeah, that's another thing that held me back. And, and now realizing it's like, no, you know, those you don't really need all of that. Just go ahead and just pick up your phone and just do it. I'm glad you said that, because here's the thing. When people click on a video and they're watching the content, they have no idea what you're using to create that content and they don't care. They want to see compelling content. They want a story. They want scenery. They want to be engaged with the video. They don't care if you use an iPhone or a Canon or a Sony. They they, they could care less. They don't know about that stuff. They don't care. If you can make engaging, compelling content, no matter what you have at your disposal, people will rock with you and they will come back to see your content. When I first started my channel, I had an iPad Pro and I was doing everything on my iPad Pro. And I got my first 100 subscribers with an iPad Pro. I think this was back in 2018. 
that just goes to show you that you can make content with practically anything. But if you can make compelling content that will keep the audience engaged and showcase your personality somewhere in there and provide value, you are on the right track. So clearly in that you are on the right track. I think you got the right idea about the equipment. Yeah, absolutely. Like iPhone, any iPhone this day, these days, like, you know, it could be an iPhone 10 or 11, you know, like you can definitely create really good video with just an iPhone. So, yeah. Definitely. So another question for you as a new creator, how are you editing your videos? So I was using iMovie. I've been watching tutorials on it. And then mm-hmm. thanks to a giveaway, I won Shelly Saves the Day, her iMovie course. And I really dug in there and I watched all the tutorials and I was editing with iMovie. But now I'm moving over to Final Cut Pro. Mm-hmm. I'm upgrading to Final Cut Pro. So I've been learning Final Cut Pro and I'm excited to to dig into that. For my next video, I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, edit off of the Final Cut Pro. But iMovie is really good. Have you edited at all, all Final Cut Pro yet, or is that what you're going to do next? My next video, I'm going to edit off of the uh, Final Cut Pro. Yeah. Oh, that's quite the leap from iMovie to Final Cut. But iMovie is a good basis for Final Cut Pro. So I think you'll find there's a lot of similarity there as well. So I think you'll be able to take to it. Yes. Yes. Okay. So given that this is a vidIQ podcast and that I have to ask you throughout your creative journey and brief into this, have you used vidIQ at all? Yes, I have actually. Right now I have the free version, but I'm actually thinking of upgrading to the boost. I've been thinking about it because every time I'm in there editing my videos, I actually have a paid version for something else. But when I go on and try to edit my videos, everything that comes up is vidIQ, vidIQ and their suggestions and their tags and all that stuff. And I've been using vidIQ. I've been using their suggestions on the tags and everything else. That could be my next question. What aspects of the vidIQ tool have you found useful? The tags. Okay. And also like the video ideas. I like that. Daily ideas. Yep. And I'm thinking, like I said, I'm thinking about upgrading to the boost so I can do like the thumbnail comparisons and things like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, listen, I work for vidIQ and here's what I would tell you all being new creators. Yes, we would love if you guys signed up for one of our paid tiers, but we offer a free tier for a reason. As a new creator, you should not be going out here and spending any unnecessary money because you don't know if this is something that you're going to be committed to. You don't know if you're going to enjoy creating content and different things like that. So vidIQ offers a free tier to see if this is something that you can use to help you grow on YouTube. And if it can, then yes, once you get to that point in your creative career where you feel comfortable moving up to a paid tier, by all means, have at it. I am on vidIQ boost tier myself. Love it. I was paying for it well before I became a vidIQ employee, and I still love using it now. And it's just amazing all the features that we offer at vidIQ as far as the boost tier go. But you can absolutely use the free tier just to get a basic understanding of the vidIQ suite of tools and how they work. And they can benefit you like they've benefited the net. So I'm glad that you found some of the tools useful. It's very easy to use. That's why I'm gravitating more towards vidIQ than anything else. So I'm definitely going to go into the paid version for sure. No doubt. No doubt. That's good to hear, Ned. I'm glad the tools are working for you for sure. Earlier in the podcast, you mentioned how you've been in all the clubhouse rooms. You've heard countless creators talk about growing on YouTube and talk about their YouTube experience and different things like that. So I'm curious, Annette, what is the best advice that you've gotten about being on YouTube and growing on YouTube? Well, uh, the best advice that I've gotten was from Roberta Blake. Done is better than perfect. Ooh, I love it. Yeah, that is a good piece of advice. That is awesome. Yes. <laughs> I mean, a lot of us creators, 
we fall victim to perfectionism. We want to make everything perfect, and it doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't care if you got 15 million subscribers or 1 million or 500,000 or 100,000 or 5,000 or 1,000 or 500. It doesn't matter. Perfection does not exist on YouTube. There's no such thing as perfect. We are human beings, and a human being by nature cannot be perfect. We are naturally flawed. So we as creators have to come to understand that done is better than perfect. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I find myself living that mantra every time I make a video. I'm like, you know what? This sucks, but it's done. So let me get on to the next one. So that's some good advice. Yes, that and um, and consistency, Ooh. right? That's something that I'm working on this year for sure is being consistent. That's I think that's the way you're going to see growth whether that's, you know, once a week or once a month or whatever it works, but just having a set schedule for uploading, I think it's, it's important as well in order to see that growth. Indeed. Now, are you doing anything personally within your flow to be able to create more content? Honestly, I'm just trying to put out a video once a week. That's my goal. And setting a day to record and then another day to edit. Okay. So I'm just, I'm trying to figure that out, but definitely like 2022, my, my goals are to be consistent. Putting out a video once a week is definitely a good beginning barometer for people that are just starting out. So I commend you for that. And I hope you can um, make it happen for sure. So any creator inspirations along your journey so far, any creators that you look up to and get inspiration from different things like that? Catherine Manning. I love Catherine Manning. She is awesome. I love her, her style of just doing videos, her vlog style type videos. And um, yeah, I really, I really love her. Yeah. No doubt. I've been following her for a while now. <laughs> Any other creator inspiration or just Catherine? Well, on the real estate side, Christina Smallhorn, she's been very inspiring on her channel, how she's able to, she's been able to grow her channel like to over a hundred thousand subscribers. And she's just really, she's very inspirational as well. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Annette, do you have any advice that you can give to people that are thinking about starting YouTube, but for whatever reason, they have not started their journey yet? Just do it. I would just say, just do it. If you're on the fence about it, um, whatever is holding you back, don't let it hold back, hold you back. I, I was in my head for about, I don't know, four or five months before I decided to just go ahead and do it. But, you know, if, if you just have an iPhone to shoot with, just use your iPhone Use whatever you have. If it's a gear thing, if you are going to look at YouTube advice, make sure that it's from someone credible. That's another another tip that I would give because on Clubhouse, you know, you have to be very careful of who you follow because there are some people that say that they are YouTube experts and, you know, they're not. So you have to be really careful, you know, make, make sure you vet whoever it is that you're trying to learn information from. That's very, very important. So, oh, we got shots fired on the podcast. Whoa. Oh, man. But you're not kidding. There's a lot of people out there that think they about the thought, but they're not really about the thought. So definitely, creator, be careful who you listen to out there. That's some good advice from Annette. Before we go to Annette, one more question for you. What is the coolest thing that has happened to you as a result of your becoming a creator? The coolest thing. Okay, so I am a part of uh, Daniel Batal's group, his uh, Facebook group, and I won a one-on-one -on -one with him, one-on-one -on -one coaching session with him uh, about a month ago, and that was really exciting. So, you know, we did a, a call and uh, he gave me some advice on my channel. We went over some things. So that was pretty exciting. Yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah. Daniel Patel and good people, y'all. He, you, you are not rocking with Daniel Patel. You should definitely go check him out. He is legit. Dean Emin, I mean, he's, he's amazing as well. I'm part of his group and he actually did sort of a one-on-one with me inside the members only Facebook group, which was amazing. Uh, he, ba- he basically gave me a whole channel on it and told me what, what I needed to do as well. So that was really exciting. I've been meeting so many exciting creators, you know, and uh, you all are so welcoming and yeah, so it's been, it's been a great. That is awesome. So Annette, the people want to rock with you. If they want to find you, how can they find you? You can find me on all the socials. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Clubhouse a lot. <laughs> a lot. Sometimes way too much. <laughs> I'm on all the socials. Yes. Just Annette Puerto Latin, just like you uh, pronounce it here. And uh, yeah, follow me. Follow me on my journey and on YouTube, Annette Puerto Latin. There you go. I will have all her information in the show notes if you guys want to rock with Annette. She and good people. So definitely go down there and check her out. Appreciate all of y'all listening to another episode of Tube Talk. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you, Annette, for being here today. Definitely appreciate you making time. For Annette, I am Viper. I will be back next week with you all for another episode of Tube Talk presented by VidIQ. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk brought to you by VidIQ. Head over to vidiq.com slash tube talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.